so you, you told me before the call that, that you've listened to the Creators Our Brands podcast. Uh, now, my question is, like, it, I, feel, I don't feel like doing the intro today. So how about since you claim that you're a fan and you listen to the show, how, what, what's the intro to the Creators Our Brands podcast? You know what? I think I'd like to give my own intro here okay, as, as, okay, a, okay. as a fan of the show. So okay. I'd like to give just a little, a little tidbit into what, what I've learned as a fan of the show and what I think is a great way to start it is being a fan of this show. I actually listened, I think to the first episodes that I started listening to was in January. That's kind of when I really began like to take serious, like I want to become a creator and I want to make this a full-time job. So I kind of tuned in to the show around January. And since then I've actually installed, I'd say three or four, like, unique lessons from the show into my actual business now that has set me up to become a full-time creator at this point in time. So I think the best way to start an intro would just be thank you. Thank you for My man. <laughs> Yo, thank you. Thank you because I'm going to clip that and we're going to use that to promote the show. But honestly, man, that's the goal. That's the goal uh, you know, with the conversations. And it's really amazing to actually have this – you know, be talking to an actual creator that has taken insights from the show, but then obviously put your own spin on it times a thousand to create this really cool brand that that you have with with yours that I'm excited to discuss uh, discuss with you today. Now, the the, the show is creators are brands. The show that uh, helps or uh, discovers how storytellers are building brands online, and that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, and and uh, my name's Tom Boyd. I'm I'm the host, and I, I just get way too hype, and and I geek out about these stories of creators, so that we can pull what they've done well and apply them to what we're doing. So talk to me. In January, how many followers did you have? In January, I think I had 500 followers on the account that I I'm on now. And and right now you have on TikTok you have 200,000, and on YouTube you have 120,000. Yes, sir. Sounds about right. And, uh, and so I'm curious when you're creating the and, and primarily your, your way of getting that has been short form video content. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've strived mainly with short form. I've teased long form here and there, but it's it's really all about short form. And then so for your TikTok or, or when you're optimizing your videos, are you editing with one of the two platforms in mind and then just putting that content on the other one? Like which one are you thinking about when you're creating these videos? So I think about TikTok when I, my main focus is TikTok when I make these videos, but I've come to, in my process, being able to incorporate things that I find that work well on YouTube shorts into TikTok as well. Like TikTok now is promoting over, you know, you can get three minute plus videos now, but on YouTube shorts, you can only have 60 seconds. So your broad of your information has to fit within that YouTube short timeline. And that's kind of the parameters I go around is grab the attention for TikTok, but build the structure for, as a YouTube short. Wow. I might make that the title of the show. Okay, cool. So I'm excited to go into this because, like, you know, you've kind of mastered short form storytelling or, or is from what I can tell, you do a great job at, at uh, capturing an idea in a succinct way and uh and and specifically you 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 picked a niche so you you, you your your accounts are called all hail b-ball the untold b-ball stories what you don't see on espn i love that as a as a tagline and one of my favorite things is you sort of like 
niche down a couple of different ways. So you're not just sports. You're not just basketball. You're the untold stories. You're the things you don't show on ESPN. And you've kind of like done a good job of kind of like posting up from that, that point of view. Uh, tell me about your thinking of like creating that niche uh, within the short form video content world. Yeah. So as a sports fan and as I guess a sports creator now, I was, you know, obviously a big fan growing up. I watch ESPN every day. I still watch ESPN in the morning not just ESPN, but the other major sports networks. And as a fan, I've always just kind of wanted more of like what is going on behind the scenes. I love to hear the drama, especially within the NBA. I love to hear stories of oh, actual dude. athletes and giving them yeah. a platform. So that's that's where it kind of came from was like, yeah, everyone can post what's happening in the news, what everybody knows, but how can you take it one step further to bring something to the table that not everybody's going to hear? And how can you then put your own twist on it, I think is the fun part of it all. Yeah, and and I think there's a lot to the learn from not like your process. So I think the way I want to break this down is how you go from idea to publishing. Uh, and I I think that your process, like the way I'm going to ask the questions is so that it doesn't really matter what your niche is, what your focus is. Like you can you can extract the information like that actually helps your process from from how Cullen approaches his. So when when you see an idea, right, like like what is your process for capturing ideas are you are you just kind of you having conversations watching the news scrolling twitter and you have like an ongoing like take me from like idea to like writing it down like like where you get yeah, that idea yeah. where are you writing that thing <laughs> so i i guess it kind of started with mostly the ideas i had a friend group back in college that was huge into sports and huge into different theories and we'd always be chopping it up like different ideas and that's kind of where it started was like i wanted to just present what we'd be talking about. But now at this point, I've turned it into an actual process to be able to sustain like posting every day with this stuff. So every, are you every day? I was every day up until about three weeks ago when I took a few yeah. days off. Um, so now so, I'm trying so, to go five, six times a week. Dang. Yo, that, you, my man, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude, then are you, is, are you doing the whole thing? Idea, filming, editing, publishing? Mm -hmm. I do it all. Cool. So, so the ideas on the flow, like you're getting them, you're getting insights. Are you, like, where are you? Do you have to like kind of scour the the internet? <laughs> Some days are scour. At this point, I've created a kind of twofold list, I guess you could say. With one is like what I'd call evergreen content. With if people listening don't know what that is, it's it's content that can be used whenever necessary. Yep. It's not like doesn't have a time frame around it. So I've got a list of just evergreen ideas that I I keep handy, but. Now, I mean, my niche is basketball oriented. So now like in the off season, there's not as many headlines that you're talking about each day. There's not as Yo, many different I'll stories. I'll tell you what, if if one sport does a good job at keeping the momentum in the off season, it's definitely basketball. And I think it has a lot to do with creators like yourself. I'd agree. There's, there's always something you could find a way. The NBA, I think, has some of the biggest personalities. And that's kind of why I chose to go down this path is I think it's the most entertaining kind of professional sport out there. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do for my ideas. I have evergreen and then I have things that are happening right now. Like what's the big dramatic story of the day and how can I incorporate that and kind of build a story around it with, I always try to pull one fact that, you know, people don't know. That's kind of my idea processes. If I could see one fact in a story that not everybody's going to know, then I'm like, all right, that's, that's worthy of creating a whole script out of this. Now, is this in your notes app or is this in like notion? Like, like where, where are you actually putting them? Okay, so I have, I want to say that I have a list of Notion because I technically do, but it's mostly Notes app. 
Uh, Dude, it's so convenient. It's just right there. It's right there. So then, so now you have the idea. You're like, okay, this is a sweet, juicy idea. LeBron and his kids are on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like, how, wh- wh- how do you start scripting this? Yeah, so I think I'm a big research guy uh, into each video. I at least want to find, like I said, I want to have one piece of evidence or one factoid or just some piece of information that I can provide my audience with throughout the video. So what I will do well, after I get the idea is then I start looking into the story and how can I create my own storyline around it? I think it's important to come into everything with a storyline because if it's worthy of creating a video about, like, then it's worthy of being able to tell a story. And so that's what I try to do is I'll look for the next step of evidence or the next fact and then try to build my story off of that. You're a journalist, man. And now do you have any background in, in that or is this all kind of exploring your curiosity as a creator? I think this is, I wouldn't say I have a background journalist wise. Uh, I've always been a decent writer, I guess, in school. I went to a liberal arts school, so we had to write all the time. But I think this is more about my journey as a creator. And this is more about my just passion to storytell and to work in sports and provide an athlete with a platform. I was a college athlete myself. So what'd you play? I played football, actually. What position? Tight end. My dude. Yes, sir. Uh, were, were you nice? <laughs> I'd like to say I was. I was decent. I was a good player. All right, all right. I feel like tight end's a fun, a fun position to play because you like you get to block some plays. You know, get, get down and dirty with it, but then you also get you know get to get to pop out and and uh, and, and get get some touches every now and then. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, so, so, okay. You come from the world. Like, I love the idea of, of you turning up like, like the group chat. I think there's so much content in group chats, right? Like, like for any creator that's listening and like, I love that you're following just a passion. You're like, I like had a curiosity around this. I wanted to explore storytelling. I have, we're already talking about this in the group chat and I want to just turn the volume up on this. I think that like, it's good that you know may, may, maybe for anyone listening get, get a couple like little like niche niche group chats going you know around specific topics if you like hiking get a hiking group chat and then just see see what actually bubbles up from that and start building content around that just see where it goes everyone has a story they want to tell and what's better than like you know you sitting down say you're like a high school kid you're sitting down in the lunchroom after a long day of class and you're chopping it up about your favorite topics your favorite sports like that's that's the information that people want to hear. Like, you're gonna get headlines, but like, you want to hear your personal opinion, your side of the story. And I think I think that's a great idea. Let's get some group chat channels going on on yeah. TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Now, the, oh, dude, uh, and just so we're clear, a hundred and twenty. 120,000 followers on YouTube is no joke. Like, like for not even optimizing for that, right? Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah, I think I. Uh, That's not, a valuable asset that you yeah, that you've built there. Yeah, I, I'm. I there was a point in time where I was really grinding, trying to learn the TikTok algorithm, trying to figure out what this short form media thing is, and I think it's all kind of compiled into one that is just. I mean, my YouTube channel gets more views than my two hundred thousand follower TikTok account right now, and it's strictly from shorts. Would you say like what was your biggest jump on YouTube? Like was there like a like uh, a video or two? There was a span of I want to say this was uh, probably three months ago or so. There was a jump where I went from about fifty thousand subscribers to I'd say seventy five, eighty within 
like a few weeks. Yep. Uh, and it all came from, I had two or three videos that like popped off on the algorithm. And so I doubled down on that exact style, that type of story and just hit it like that every day for the next, you know, two or three weeks. And that's where I really saw the most growth was I analyzed what did well. I had two or three videos do it. I replicated yep. it in different fashion and I think I gained 30, 40,000 subscribers in a few weeks. Yeah, that's a that's a great lesson. I've, I I know so many people, including myself, that like we we're like, oh, like we want to be creative. So we want to be known as being creative. So if I do the same thing over and over again, I won't be perceived that way. But like there is a little bit of playing the game where it's like, wait, this is working, right? Like like for me, I'm like, oh, I did that video. I got to switch it up now. But like, no, do what's working until until the algorithm stops rewarding, rewarding you for it. Because then you can just, you know, experiment with whatever you want to do in the future once you had that 120,000 followers. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'd still say there's ways to even – be creative within that. It's when I say replicating within that video, constraint. Yeah, yeah. It's more replicating the structure, the uh, style, yeah. style of hooks, like how the video is actually built together. But there's so many different avenues you can take creatively within that once you have that kind of format and formula that you can go off of. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm saying it as a good thing. I'm saying like. I I come from like the music background where you know there's certain people that 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 you know. Um, that I've worked with that I've seen that like they'll have a like a certain style of hook work where it's like you know some artists they're like okay if that hook worked one, once I'm going to do that a hundred times and I'm just going to make a career out of this get a bunch of money and there's other people who are like no I'm not I can't do that again because people already know that I can do that you know I'm like well you got to play the game a little bit right and and if you actually want to get seen and, and make some make some money out of this and use that as a constraint and then for the other songs experiment okay so you have your ideas you script them around you. You're looking for like, you know, one key fact, one, one way to push this story a little further. Uh, you script it out. Are you scripting it out on, um, on how, how long is that process for writing it? Does that usually take you? I think it can vary based on the actual topic of the video, but I'd say on average scripting it out only takes me probably 10, 15 minutes or so, maybe less. Uh, okay. Cause I like to come in before I have even sit down to write. I like to come in with, some sort of idea, some sort of process. As I'm looking up research, I'm thinking like, all right, this is how I'm going to open it up. This is, this is what's going to come after. This is going to be the, this is going to be the conclusion. This is going to, you know, trying to build that out of my head as I'm researching. And I think that took practice, you know, doing it every day for six months. I I've got it down pretty quickly now, but you, you have it down, bro. You have it. When I watch your videos, you have such like a cadence and a style, which as an audience, what I really like about it is like, I know what I'm getting into. Like, you know how some, like me, I'm a good example. Like, I'll do like some videos this way, some videos two and a half minutes, some videos this way. Where like, audience doesn't know what they're getting into, but you've built this brand where I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to get some really cool sport anecdote in this style with this amount of time. Like, uh, you've, you've really built a brand around your delivery and you have a lot of confidence. Can you talk to me about like the, your on-camera confidence? Yeah, that... That is something that I think I've learned, uh, you know, growing up, I always did like, you know, different interviews for sports and different, I was in like a different film class when I was in high school and stuff like that. But I don't really think I gained enough confidence speaking lines like I have now in front of a camera until you just got out there and did it. Yo, like, you just have to do it. Bro, the, the dude, I, t I tell people that all the time, like the activity of having to um, take a concept and and 
cut out all the, the fluff and make it hit in 27 seconds is a great practice for becoming a better communicator. It really is. And I think like, there's a lot of times where I'll go off script just because if I have an opinion or I have an idea, like for my own sake, my own practice, I think just speaking into the camera and delivering it confidently is one of the best things that you can do. And the best practice you can have as a creator is just like building your confidence. And to do that, you just, you have to get in front of the camera and actually do it. And that's where I think a lot of people get stopped in their journey is like, okay, well, I don't want to do this every day. Like it can get kind of nerve wracking, but once you power through it and you start doing this over and over again, I think that's where you can really build some confidence from it. So, so what is your setup when you're in front of the camera? I, so originally I started on my iPhone. I did some on an actual Sony camera for a little while, but I'm just back on my iPhone. I've got a ring light. I've got big windows in my apartment. So I like to do a lot of natural light now, but I've got Dude, my ring it's the light. best. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. And, uh, I've got a, I've got a couple other studio lights, but to be honest in short form content, I've done it where you sit down in the studio. I've done all of it in front of your iPhone. Good audio will take you anywhere you want to go. So talk to me about the audio. What's the audio setup? Because I see that you got a, uh, you had, you have a mic still. Yeah, I have a mic. Um, I actually, this one is not the one I record on. I've got two. I like to use. So is this, it like a Bluetooth or is it like connected it's, through? It's actually a USB mic, and I bought. Where's it at? Uh, oh, so I, you record separately and then you sync them? No, I have a adapter that plugs directly from the USB mic into your iPhone. Okay. And then you can turn on, you can go into your iPhone settings and connect the actual mic. Um, and it makes it super easy. It sounds crisp. Really? Yeah. It, I love that. It's, uh, it's, how much is this mic? Like, what is it? it I think it, the USB one I use is only like, I think when I bought it, it was like $70, maybe less. You think I could hook up this, this shore to my, to my, it's a I mean, USB. So I probably, if yours is a USB, I probably, yeah, you probably can. could it's probably uh, an adapter. Some of them need like phantom power. Yeah. Uh, sometimes your yeah, iPhone. Yeah, this doesn't. Then, then you should be able to. I think if if it's a USB, you should be good. You just buy the yeah. adapter. On, I'm gonna try on that. Yeah. The the audio is way more important than than the video, right? Because you can do so much with the text, with the edit, like, um, and people like one one two. I'm I'm curious. I've started to go more iPhone for my short form content. And it's been like as like a creative challenge because I start I did like the more produced setup for a while, but now I'm going um, more iPhone and it's kind of liberating. Like I like it's like fun to know that like all I need is this this like little mobile device. When I record on the iPhone and when I see other creators do it, I don't know if it's just me. I get a more like personal feel. Like, yeah, I feel like okay, well this isn't like a big staged operation. This is. This somebody just, who just wants to provide you with information. Somebody who just wants to tell you a yeah. story. Somebody who wants to just tell you something. Like your friend, you're like, you're getting, you know, a, a text from your friend. Like it's the same kind of feeling. And I think it's that's, the group chat. It's the group chat. <laughs> it all goes back to the group chat. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the power of what short form media has kind of let creators do is get more personal with the audience. And I think the iPhone kind of takes advantage of that. Yes. Okay. So, so, so back to that, like what I was trying to explain there that I didn't do a great job of. Um, when I initially was doing shorts, I was doing the, the big produce setup and I was editing, editing them. I was taking like an hour to edit each one. Now, most of my content, it's just one take videos right into my phone. Just like mindset, ideas, storytelling of some way, which it feels totally stripped down. So I'm like, okay, within those constraints, 
I just have to be better. Like the story has to be better. The hook has to be better. My delivery has to be has to be there. Like my my tonality has to write. So like I like kind of like you know sh- you know m- moving up and down the dials on those things and getting creative within that. Th- here's another thing that came up. I was like brands. Like would the brand stop reaching out to me if I started using my iPhone? And then I realized. So one of the Spotify reached out to me, and I was like, all right, uh, bet. Let's work. Do you want me to do it with my nice camera? Here's some options. Or do you want me to do it with my iPhone? And they were like, do it with your iPhone. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, so you then that, that even liberated it. me even more. I was like, okay, iPhone's the move. Like even big brands are, are paying for people to like record right into their iPhone. Yeah, definitely. And I've always had like this weird balance between my videos. Like I, I had a, in Premiere, like I'm a big, I come from a graphic design background. Like I was big in like very polished designs. I do a little bit of animation within the videos. And I've always kind of struggled with where's my value prop? Is that where my value is? Does it lie in these over edited like videos or does it yeah. come from the storytelling? And I think obviously I like to, I, just as a personal passion, I like to get more high produced and do like cool things within the video. But I've done it now where I, you know, I'll just put a green screen background up on TikTok and I'll, tell a quick story about something that I know in sports and I'll get a little more personal like that. And it does the same. Like it gets the same interaction. It gets the same engagement. Like I don't ever, I think the value and as a creator comes from your story and however you can deliver it, whether it's on an iPhone or on a camera, I like the iPhone personal feel better, but I like seeing like brand value in the story. And I think that's what a lot of brands want now. Dude, that's a great point. And and now too, like one, I'll tell you, your edits, they don't they never feel like overproduced to me either. Like they feel like very like true to like digital culture. Like they feel like like native to these platforms, especially with the stories that you're telling. Like there's a lot of people you're showcasing, like, you know, up and coming athletes that, you know, someone's not gonna just know off top. Like you kinda have to just uh, you know, you know, sh- show, you know, give, you know, give a, a look of like, you know, who, who we're dealing with to help the story actually even make sense. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a, uh, that's always been kind of like, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's always been my objective is like be able to utilize like these high studio skills that I, I know how to do and I can provide, but keep it so that it feels subtle so that it feels like, you know, you're still watching and getting that personal feel and that personal connection with the actual story. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because yeah, somebody noticed. That's what I was going for, dude. I you you you're you're dialed in with this. So when you're in front of the camera, are you reading off of a script or do you look at the script and then say it to the camera? I look at the script and say it to the camera, and I've done it now where I've had like my computer screen back so I can see directly to it. But I like to look and then record because I think it's given me to the point now where like. I'll go off script a little bit. I'll throw in my own opinion or like, cause when I'm just directly reading, I feel like more robotic to where I'm reading a line and presenting it in the way that I feel that, uh, it would best, you know, come off, I guess. Totally. I think that it, it helps me like give it more personality and, uh, give more, honestly, like more inflection in each line. Yeah. Are, have you ever one take to video? Uh, I think early stages, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Cause I met a long script, and it's getting hard to memorize that. All. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know, it, it's I find it's actually so. Whenever when I tell a story, it's easier for me to one take it. If I like include details or like lists or like anything like that, like 
I I have to I have to look back and forth to to my Notion doc and just be like, oh, what the what the heck was I saying here? Um, yeah, I provide like a ton of different. I always try to add like some statistics or facts. So like when I'm actually just telling the story, I could kind of just rip it if I'm just telling a story. But what, I'm always trying to throw in like, you know, this guy was an MVP this season or whatever. You know, just to splatter with a little bit yeah. more information. So that's kind of like where I have to kind of bounce back and forth from. What's something in the process of of going from 500 followers to 200,000 on TikTok, 120K on, on YouTube? What's something about the filming process that you wish you would have knew when you just started? Well, that's a good question. I think when I first started, I'd say – this is going to sound dumb, but I think actually just doing it, like just going out and filming myself speaking. It took me a while to get to the point where like I was okay with coming on camera as much as I do now, which is literally every video. But it, it took me a while from getting to the point where like, okay, I'm gonna have like text the screen read something or I'm gonna just do a voiceover. It took me a while to actually get in front of the camera and I'm so glad I did and I wish I did it earlier because it's elevated me as a creator and elevated me as a storyteller because I forced myself to actually get out there and do it. I'd say like technical filming wise, I'd probably say that when I first started, I'd get really big into like the lighting, like how's this gonna look, how's this shot, this angle. Now it's just like, all right, I just set up my light, I record and that's it. Yo, yo, I'm telling you, I, yeah, I, I have like a theory a little bit um, that like jacked up lighting is is probably better for sure for him. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, yo, if I feel like there's a commercial that, like like people's like I don't know like for me I'm like yo there's so many people that do well and like even in skits like even like it's like the lighting isn't right and like that's what makes it so great like 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 for your example you're a clear example people don't want ESPN right that's why no, they're coming no. to to like their homie online like like if it's the, they got the perfect lighting let them do that what can you get away with that's unique to you. Yeah, as long as you can see my face, I'm good to go. That's that's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you're, I, I notice when you do your 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 clips, you move towards the camera in the first, mm -hmm. like, uh, in like the right. Am I wrong? Like, you kind of take a step you do, yeah. and like lean. To, yeah, t tell me, is there is, are, is there like a strategy there? Is that like a is that just like tell me what your thinking is on that? So that's a uh, that's a little tip I've learned. Um, I always do within the first second and a half. I think the. I always have, whether I do it in post or I do it when I'm actually recording, is I'll start back and then zoom in the camera or I'll lean in because I never do it. This is, this is, this can get a little uh, in depth here, but I never do it right away because you got to think in short form content, when you're scrolling, it's going to take you like half a second just to be focused on that video. Yep, so yep. after that half a second, then you'll get a quick zoom in just to be like, oh wait, now I got to listen to what this guy's going to say. Because that motion subconsciously of falling forward or zooming in or having some sort of subtle like emphasis on the hook always subconsciously will, will draw your viewer in and I it's it's strategy. I do it uh Yeah. I do it a lot, especially each time I come back from like showing a clip into showing my face, you'll see like whether you notice it or not, I'm sure people will notice it now. There's always some sort of like quick subtle jerk mm. just yeah i think it does me. i think yeah. i think it does man i think there's like a little bit of like a 
oh like oh he's telling me something like only my homie it would like like he's cluing me into something that's important here you know uh, like there there is something about that that draws you in as as an audience yeah it's uh, like a visual the, i call it the visual hook uh the you, can, visual you can have a great hook, hook but if you you got to have the visual hook as well um yeah how do you think about your hooks while we're on the subject yeah like, so yeah when you're when you're scripting like is there um how much time do you spend on the hook and like yeah just like like what's your mindset as you're creating it yeah the the most time when i'm scripting is spent on the hook uh and you know i'll have a full minute or more like a minute or longer script and i'll spend the most time on that first sentence and a lot of people don't understand in content creation right now is like because everybody like every social media guru will preach like you need to have a great hook it's got to be I mean, for me, whenever I do a hook, I always want to do something that directly interacts with the viewer. So like, I'll drop like the something subtle, like you, like say like, you need to blank, blank, blank or whatever, where yeah. I do a lot of talking about athletes and their stories. So I'll be like, I'll either name drop somebody super popular so that, you know, you, you got to listen. Like if you hear Steph Curry, you're going to, you're going to keep yeah. watching or a technique that I learned from my, uh, my friend, Frank, Frank, Michael Smith on TikTok, he does it really well is he'll never give away the subject in the hook. And then it'll make you watch five, six, seven seconds into the video before he reveals what the video is actually about. So there's different ways to do it. But what a lot of people don't understand is that the second line matters just as much. Cause that's where you'll, I'm big into the analytics of my videos. Like I'll watch I'll get deep into the retention rates on YouTube shorts and yeah. on, on TikTok because luckily TikTok put that in now. But you'll see a deep fall off a lot after the second after the second line. So it's you want to present this major hook like everybody says directly at the viewer, tell the viewer what they want to hear, and then some. One of that uh, I can't remember who taught me this. Uh, it's a great one of my coworkers um, actually taught me like. When you're writing a script, it's awesome to go negative to positive. So you have your hook, a negative right after your hook, and then a positive. So saying like, you'll never, like saying something like, you'll never get, but yeah, here's yeah, yeah. why you should. Um, uh... The second, and that doesn't come in the first line. Like you'll, you'll have your hook, you'll, you know, like I said, directly like communicate with the viewer. Yeah, yeah. But then a subtle like, you'll never believe or you'll that's a very basic example but yeah there's different yeah ways no you no no I'm, I'm with it i'm with it so it's more like the it's not the first three seconds it's like the first 10 seconds that you're sort of optimizing for and then uh i, I like the idea of two of not totally revealing what like what it is about until you're six or seven seconds in because at that point you're kind of committed yeah and i've been uh i've been really focusing on trying to get this involved in a few more videos a week um on my channel is like drawing in the viewer a little bit longer like almost like you're fishing like you're dangling the bait out there and you want them to take it so you do it and you and you wait you wait and then all of a sudden you hit them with like a big fact like and here's why this guy does the blah 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 and that guy's carlos boozer or whoever the video is about like i don't know why i said oh, carlos boozer, yeah but... <laughs> yeah 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 and the yeah, uh, so you, the animation you, like, style you, can help. Yeah, yeah, you share something to pique their curiosity, but maybe not reveal like who it's about. Because then, then like, oh, who is that about? And then like ten seconds in, then it's about them. And then you stack like another hook on it, like right after that ten seconds. Exactly. That's where the second. Yeah, there's always. I'd say when you're doing a video like that, there's always a second hook because 
once we because you're going to keep the person guessing and for me a lot of the time it's an obvious guess like you'll even sometimes i'll even put a silhouette up on the screen that like you can kind of see who the person is but then you like subconscious like all right well i want to see who the person is i want to be verified that i'm correct and then that's when you hit them with a second a second hook to keep their attention yeah does that ever get like all right so I'll tell you, I'll tell you my, my, my strategy right now for shorts, like, like, I, I, like the podcast is my, is my favorite thing. And that's, that's kind of what I'm optimizing for now, uh, is, is building that, like, that's my brand. Like that's my content. So the shorts is really just like a, it's like a, a fun way to like introduce my personality to people that might be interested in the podcast. Um, so I've been having fun with just not having any strategy whatsoever so like for a while i was thinking about the hooks i was thinking about the retention time but like now i'm sort of like i'm like that's i'm sort of exhausted from that like i kind of want to just make whatever and like dude to be honest uh my account hasn't been popping off but i like i feel better about the content myself so is there like a line that like like that because I'm also the type of person I don't geek out about analytics. Like I don't look at that stuff. Um, but like I, the most successful creators that I talk to, they they pay attention to like what's working and what's not not working very closely. So is there a line for you where like, all right, it's taking the fun out of it, like, or is it that is the fun of it for you to like really optimize for that that part of it? I'd say I'm kind of a nerd and I kind of like the optimization yeah. and like I love strategy. Like that's that's kind of like something that really gets me going to create. But what I've learned, and I, I'll say this, is that I've talked to some really good creators and like a ton of people who I've reached out for for advice and like has really helped me. It's like, you can be strategic all you want, but like at the end of the day, like that will burn, like you're saying, that gets, it gets old. Like it'll burn you out. Like, yeah, you, I you think that's what happened that all the time. Exactly, exactly. And that's sort of what I was feeling. So I was like, you know, I just want to go back to like sharing my mindsets, sharing my ideas in a way that like is exciting to me. Then I'll then I'll go back into optimizing it again. But right now I'm just like, yo, I'm just I'm just going to throw more pickles at the wall and see what sticks without overthinking it. Yeah. So I, I think it's important for and this is where I'm trying to create like a unique aspect on my page alone is is you'll see that you can tell if you really want to look, you can tell which creator is very analytical and strategic in their videos and which creator just posts and like that it can be successful in its own way. Like, don't get me wrong. That's like some people absolutely dominate like that, but I'm trying to become a page that that can incorporate both. So recently I'd say within even the past two, three weeks here, I've been starting to post on TikTok. I I don't do it on Instagram or YouTube shorts because it's that's, different optimization, but on TikTok yeah. alone, like more personal videos. Like I think yesterday I, I grew up in Orlando, Orlando, Florida, and I was a big magic fan and, uh, Dwight Howard didn't make the top 75 list. And you know, as a magic fan, I'm like, come on, like, that's our guy. I grew up in Orlando. That's, that's yeah. my guy. So I've been trying to incorporate more personal and opinion based, uh, content. So like, I just stitched a Dwight Howard video, me and told a story from my childhood. Like it was like when I was, a kid like Dwight had the Superman statue and I really dove into that. No editing. And I got some really, really engaged comments on that. And I got a bunch of DMs saying like, oh my God, like you're a Magic fan. Like I like that too. Like, and I think it kind of sparked a little like, bit a, of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like how can I balance now between the two? Like 
I think that's just the beauty of the platform and TikTok that we have is that you're able to do both. Like you can be very analytical and get five, six posts weekly that are strategic, but then you could also do two or three videos that are just your opinion and, and actually show off you. And like, it took me a while to understand that that's, that's a possibility and that's an option. And so I'm glad I did. Cause it's a lot more fun when you can put your opinions out there and like, yeah, you're not trying to do any giant scheme, you know? Exactly. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, and this is for the audience to think about too. Like, like the way I think this fits in is for me is with my shorts, I should maybe create a series that like I optimize that I geek out about. Like I focus on like the hook, like the whole cadence of the video. And I get really, I dial in that, that series in a way that like is meant for reach. Then I have like the other pillars of content two or three that are more just like the style of content that I've really enjoyed that are creating like the community and the connection and like all of the comments and the engagement um, that like, I, I love that my, my account, like it, it converts. Like I just made a video the other day, 50,000, 50,000 views only. Um, and I had uh, 580 click throughs, like to my, to, to my, my like webpage, like people click the link in my bio. That's an incredible number. I, at least I might be uh, like, I know people with, they get millions of views and they don't get people clicking their, clicking their bio like that. No, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that like my, like, like the, 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 the people, are, people care about what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, I, I think optimizing like one series and be like, okay, like this is where we can like really go, go for that, that broad reach. And these other ones we can just kind of have fun with. Yeah. And I, I'd like categorize that from like a marketing stance is like, you have a growth phase, which you could say is you're like, you're uh, like, you're saying a series that is strictly designed for platform optimization and for strategy. And that's how you can grow. Like that's your growth phase. That's what's going to get you onto the for you page. That's when it gets you onto like the top of the search of YouTube. Like that's going to be your SEO based. But then like you said, and I think that's very true is that people respond more. If you want somebody to click on a link, people respond to a personal like video, kind of like the style, like uh, you've been doing on your page recently, like a more personal, like lower production style video. Cause that's what people are going to respond. That's where you, you feel more. Uh, I think, I think it possesses like more trust into in you as a creator to your audience. Like people trust you if you're just going to, if you're being vulnerable and this isn't like a huge studio production. Definitely. They, they really do, man. And, and, um, and, and it's cool. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun experiment to switch it up every now and then. And I, I've been enjoying those like straight, straight ideas to the camera, one taking it, putting it up and like, and then going about my day. Like, it's cool that like you can, I'm like, that's, that's, that's crazy that we live in a world where we can just do that. And like, it's like, it's like, like people will like pay attention. And, and I, I don't know. I, I just always think it's fascinating. Like the, I like, just you know um like 20 years ago to get in front of the amount of people that you can do with a video like that like you had to have like a fifty thousand dollar shoot with like a whole set like lighting and like now we can just broadcast our ideas whenever we want it, I, I don't know i i geek out about it like i said at the beginning of the show so so now we film this whole thing um the ideas are going out like when you're editing um, let's talk about one. So you said that you do edit. What software are you editing on? Are you on your you're you're on a, a computer or a phone? Um, Premiere on my uh, MacBook. Okay, cool. And then let's talk about similarities when you're editing. The the things that are that work for both TikTok and 
YouTube and then the things that are a little different? Yeah, I think the main difference that I see is, is on TikTok, I'll tend to want to go past that 60 second time limit that YouTube shorts provides. Um, and I, that's just a, you know, very main like structural difference. Yeah. But in the actual editing process, I think something that is the same from both is like I said, that intro where you, the visual hook, when you lean into it, but yep. if you watch the videos that I put out, if you need to have some sort of on-screen change every, I always try to go at most two and a half seconds and there's something else. Interesting. So what I'll do if, if, it, if it's a point of the video where I want to be speaking to the camera and I want you to see me for more than that two and a half seconds, you'll see it where the camera will be zoomed all the way out. It'll be, you know, hundred percent. And then all of a sudden it'll come into 200% and it's right in my face. Or then I'll take it back out after a few words and then bring it back in. But maybe to the side of it, like giving a different perspective as you're speaking, I think on YouTube shorts actually does really, really well. And I think that's the same across TikTok and reels. Like Instagram reels has been following that same kind of path now. Um, and then editing process wise, when I'm including a clip, like for if I just want some B-roll over the video, cause you know, you can't, especially in these sports videos, like you're gonna have to show the highlights. You gotta show what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will always do the same where I will show like, a lot of people will fully run out the highlight like the whole way through. And I think this is kind of specific to sports, but I think it could be used, I guess, across any genre really is like after two and a half seconds, like even if it's a quick jump cut, even if it's a zoom, even if it's a zoom out, if it's a slight change in color, um, I do captions on screen. And I think an easy way that I've learned to do that is like, if you have a word of emphasis, like make that word larger, make it red, like red captures people's attention. like change the color of the text, make it larger, make it smaller so that you're constantly, whether you notice it or not. And I like to do it really subtle so that unless I telling you, like I'm telling you right now, like you probably wouldn't notice it is like the size of each text changes. I was very specific with, with yeah. that. That um, is an think, annoying part of the process though. Yeah. That's, that can be tedious, but that I found that's the most tedious part. Like the, yeah. the text, like really playing around with that, man. Like I got lazy with my text at the beginning. I was doing that, popping it up here and there, moving it. Now I'm just like, yo, whatever, whatever you say, I said, <laughs> I said it, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I just do the yeah. automated version. But and that's, you're, that, you're, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can go personal. Like that, that's the type of video that you've like, that's what will get you clicks on your, like, yeah. If you're really going for that banger and like, you're like, I, I really got a good one. Like, uh, it does make sense. Um, so how long are your edits taking? Uh, I'd say anywhere between 45 minutes to about an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, and you're, so you're, you're editing. Um, so like you film it, you export, you just, you're air dropping it to your computer. You're editing on there. You don't have to sync audio. Um, probably going through and, and screenshot and grabbing a bunch of clips from, from, from online. Um, the, the text, are you doing the, do you do the auto text or you manually put it all in or do auto text and then manipulate it from there? Uh, I go auto text and then manipulate it once the auto text has been generated. I think premieres got a pretty solid captioning. You'll have to always go back in and look at the actual transcript. But, uh, after that, yeah, I just, I take the auto captions and then I'll, I'll just pick random words and size, scale, colors, whatever. Okay. How important do you think text is? Because everyone's doing it nowadays. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a question that I've been trying to decipher for a while now. I I personally think that my original thought process was like, if somebody's watching this on mute, like how are they going to be able to know? But TikTok yeah. now has an auto captions feature. Um, so that on TikTok seems to not really matter as much. I think yeah. on YouTube shorts, that's where it's seeing the most optimization for is that text on screen. Because I've done a few test subjects where I didn't include it. And the ones with text actually did better. Um, now, I don't know if that's specific to that video that I tested on or what, but I, uh, I do think text has some validity and I do think it matters on YouTube shorts. And then now that TikTok's very SEO based, uh, you kind of see the shift in the algorithm towards, you know, optimizing for searches. Uh, I think that's where text can really, really help you get your video seen. Do, do you add music? No, I do all the music in... I will actually, I always post on TikTok first and I use the trending sound or whatever. I have a whole list of favorited sounds that I go off of now that I know work. And I use those and then Yo, I can will. can you send me them sounds? I need some sounds, bro. I'll send you, I'll send you a good sound list. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should publish a list or something, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you just go through my videos. I use them all the time. Yeah, but then no, I'll I take that list. sound. I don't want to do the work. I just want you to send them to me. <laughs> Sounds like a good, a good business opportunity there. Exactly. Are uh, you gonna charge me? All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, no, no. so 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 they so did you pull the TikTok video with that sound and then go to YouTube? Yeah. So what I'll do is either uh, kind of two process here. I have a bunch of sounds now that I use consistently that I've saved, and I'll just add them. I'll export it twice. Add one for YouTube Shorts uh, and Premiere with the actual sound, and then one without it because. I used to do where I would just have one on TikTok and I'll just zero out the uh, added sound on from the app. But this might be a this has no factual evidence to back it, so I'm not going to say this is fact here. But like, I have a weird superstition that like having the sound on on the TikTok video does better. I don't I don't know if that is real or not. That's not having. Bad, what do you mean still. having the sound on? Like, like you know how when you. You could have you have two like slides, one for original sound, one for the provided TikTok sound. Yeah. I used to just have the original sound all the way up and then the TikTok sound at zero and I'd incorporate my own music. Oh. So having the TikTok sound with it on, I might be a personal superstition here, but I, I do that now. So uh, so you upload it with like strip no music in the background, no music, just yeah. your voice, and then you add it with like natively within the app. Yeah, but I'll add I'll add sound effects in Premiere, I'll add different little sounds just not an actual yeah. full music track yeah and then and i get i used to get this question a lot when i used to uh when i used to edit um like like the, the videos more in depthly is that a word i used to be more thorough with my edits and uh, people would be like what are your export settings and i'm like I, I don't know i just hit export like like i'm not like an export yeah, setting yeah, yeah. guy like <laughs> like is there anything specific you're thinking about just for if there is anything not, not, not in Premiere now. I just, I just, I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker. I just base it, export it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we're, I go, we're going on these smartphone apps. Like, like, I don't think that like. Your video's going to be so compressed. It doesn't really Yeah. Matter. Yeah. I don't think, it, yeah, that's, that, that was my thinking. People were like, what's your, what's, I was like, come on, man. I don't, I don't know. I always I go 1080. No like, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. You can do yeah, more. Yeah. Like, it's just going to get compressed anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Oh, uh, and now, now you did talk about the length of videos. Is there like a range that you're trying to hit? I always try to stay within, I'd say around 48 seconds to 
trying to end it, like at least the information ends at 60 seconds. Uh, sometimes I'll go up to sometimes 63, 64, uh, but somewhere 48 to that. 63 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's usually the goal. Is that, is that, is there, is there, like, there's a strategy. Why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. So when I first started doing videos in this kind of fashion, I would do, some of them would run to a minute 20, a minute 30. And I realized that there's such, there's like filler words that you can compress on. Like there's a lot of times when you're talking and like some of the words that you're saying, like you, you can don't compress need it down. You don't need them. You can throw them out. Yeah. You can so, cut out like the first part of the sentence and it still makes sense. Exactly. Like there's, I struggle with that still. Like sometimes I'll write, I'm like, dang, this is a two and a half minute long script and it needs to be 60 seconds. But yeah. And then also like in the editing process, you're like, oh, the, with the, the, the clip that I chose and the text here, like, I don't need to give all the context that I said in, in the mm -hmm. script, you, know, exactly. you can cut a lot of that out. Sometimes it can be visual as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the evidence that I have to back that up was from my own analytics on YouTube shorts and on TikTok. Um, videos that I posted that were between 30 and 45 seconds never did as well as things that went past that 48 second mark. I say 48 seconds and it's going to different page to page. This isn't like a golden number. Uh, you kind of just have to feel it out yourself. But after 48 seconds is where my, uh, like it's a based on retention and engagement. Like that's where I stop seeing like, um, or that's when like the biggest fall off in, in retention is. So I always try to keep it somewhere between those pillars. But where does it fall off? Like, like anytime after, sorry, I was confusing. Anytime after like 63 seconds or so, like after you pass that minute marker, that's yeah. where you'll really see it start to tank. And when you do a video that's, sh that's shorter. So if I go under 48 seconds and I usually see the, the retention for whatever reason, and I don't really know. What the reason is, is to be honest, the retention weight was never really all the way through, um, which is strange because you think shorter video means people are going to watch more of it. Yeah. But for, in my case, the stories, I don't know if it wasn't providing enough evidence or if maybe I was leaving something out that I shouldn't have been. Uh, like I said, yeah, differs to each page, but that's just where I see my markers at. Yeah, no, I think that's a, um, I think that's a good insight. Have you ever experimented with like a, like it's, it's probably hard with your, with your style of, of content, like a 12 to 15 second video. I have, I have, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not hitting when you're trying to like tell I, a full story. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I always want to provide some sort of full story, full information as much yeah. as I can give in that time frame. So 15 seconds just for my, I guess my storytelling genre doesn't doesn't really work as well i can't provide yeah. what i want to say um and, but there's there's creators that absolutely kill it with staying under 15 seconds yeah now now um editing you exported that bad boy now we're publishing it where like how do you think about publishing it? is there like a time of day is there like a uh everyone has theories on this i'm curious like just you know it, since you're going so consistently throughout the week like when do you try to get this video this video up for TikTok and then for YouTube? Yeah, it's a hot topic right now. Like you see, like so many people fighting about what time <laughs> of day are, works. People are hot about it. <laughs> yeah, I think personally, I don't think the time matters. I always Either try to do aim. I. I try to aim for around seven seven thirty, but that's more so that just is my time frame with my personal life. Like that's when I can finish a video by. So 
that's when I go. But like, I don't, I've, you know, had a time where I like can edit a video in the morning and I get it done by 11 and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to post it. Like, yeah, there's no real difference to me. Yeah. And especially now that everything's on an, like the, the interest graft, like it, 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 it shares it to people that want it um, more so like than you're just your followers. It's it, like time shouldn't, the, the actual timing shouldn't matter as much because it's going to try to get it in front of those people regardless. Yeah. They want like these platforms want your video to be seen. Like, yeah. It does them justice to have your video in front of an audience that wants to see your video. So I don't think you're going to be punished. Say you want to post it at 2 PM instead of 3 PM. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And I also don't think, I also don't think anyone at these platforms actually even knows. Like, I feel, I feel like, like, no, this is just I, computer at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I it's feel like they don't even know what's going on. Cause if they did, they would all have accounts that popped off themselves. <laughs> That's what I'm always thinking. Like, dang, if I worked at TikTok, like they must just not know because like, I feel like they yeah, are famous. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, so business opportunities. Um, you, uh, we, we can go, we can go as little into this or as much as, it, or as not as into this as, as you want. Um, that, that made no sense, but, uh, <laughs> we can, you, you DM me about a business opportunity a couple months ago. Um, uh, do, do you want to share any insights around that? Or if not that one, like what other, like, how do you think about this in terms of like income or making money? Like what opportunities, um, are you trying to, uh, like, like, are, are you excited about that, that this brand has created? Yeah. Um, well, I guess just a little background on that, how I first got involved with this podcast was I just DM'd you and, <laughs> and asking like cold DM, like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, do you have any idea? <laughs> that's kind of like the crazy part about the creator world is like, nobody really has it. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows, has an dude. idea. Like um, these new media brands, like they're starting out of thin air. Like it's they not. They don't know either. Like they they don't know either. They're like, hey, like I don't, I don't I don't know. We'll see we'll see what he'll do it for. You know. Yeah. And then, yeah. You you reached out to me about that, which was which was cool. Yeah, but uh, business opportunity wise, that deal in particular, I honestly can't really get into too much with that because it's kind of still going on. Um, did I tell but, you to charge too much? No, no. <laughs> what you did was actually perfect. I think we. It's worth saying again. Was like. What do you think your value is? What do you think your value? Okay, double what you think your value is. Like, that is exactly what you should do. They should tell you no right away. And if they're yeah. not, you're not charging enough. And I learned that the hard way multiple times. But that yeah. actual opportunity is, uh, you know, I think my path has been unique uh, business-wise is rather than marketing so much around my personal brand and around marketing my audience, what I've come to realize my value prop is, is I've marketed around my ability to tell a story and my editing process. And like what we've been talking about today, my knowledge of short form content and what I've gathered from it. So instead of marketing my audience so much, because it's hard in sports, when you're doing a sports, there's only so many things you can really do. Like, I'm sure there's ways I could do it, but I've, you know, I've been thinking about like, how can like, you know, a ton of successful creators that have been on this podcast and, and many more like, have like these elaborate courses and all these different opportunities that they've come with different brands. So I've been thinking about like, how can I incorporate that into mine? But what I found is like, I've been able to create a living off my knowledge of the platforms and my ability to storytell. So now I'm working with, instead of working with larger brands, I'm working with larger, I don't know if I can say the names of them yet, but like larger, That's fine. 
Instagram accounts or like TikTok accounts that have millions of followers but don't have original content and helping them gear towards mm. creating original content in the sports genre. Um, and I'll tell you what, TikTok has landed me like what I'd say is my like dream career now is my full time. I have a day job. I guess you can kind of say it's a day job at this point where I, uh, I work with different athletes and help them build out their personal brands um, and help them learn how to market themselves based on the things that I've learned from my own experiences. And I think it's just been, I've taken a little bit of a different path, but now I'm starting to market onto my actual audience a little bit because it's grown as it has recently. I've got a Snapchat show now um, and a bunch of different media opportunities with different brands. Uh, but I think as a creator, there's, there's many different avenues you take. What you see like your favorite creator doing is not something that you have to do to be able to make this a full-time job. There are so many different ways that you could take based on different abilities that you have. I think that's a important thing to know. There's a lot to unpack there, and I and I love it all. All right, now now wait, wait. so so when you said market to my audience, do you mean like in terms of like brand direct deals? Brand. Yeah, direct brand, brand deals. Brand deals, like mm -hmm. brands pay you to get in front, say hey, incorporate us with a yeah. short form video. That's what I mean. Um, have you gotten has a, has a bunch of people reached out to you for that? Yeah, yeah, I get a ton of emails now for to like be on my actual page, and I've turned down a ton of people because. I, I haven't turned on everybody. I have brand deals in the works right now and partnerships because I don't want them to hear this and be like, yo, what? <laughs> but I have brand deals that I'm working on right now that will be directed onto my actual page. But I've been very particular with it. Um, yeah. yeah. Have, have you found it challenging to incorporate brand collabs into short form content? I Yeah, I have. Into I think that there's ways to do it, but into my genre like my value is like i've said storytelling and if i'm gonna post a brand deal why i've been very particular about it is i want to post it with a brand that i can build a confident story around like i worked with a, a really cool like custom jersey company and i i get clothing companies dming me all the time asking to work but this one in particular was like yeah dude like we do creative customs. Like, I love your idea. Like what custom could we do that you could build around your channel? Like, how could you tell a yeah. story around that? And I thought that was super interesting and turned out to be one of my like favorite brand deals that I've done. We did like a whole Jersey thing, like collab, like I got say in it. And I thought, I think those are the way you can tell stories. Yeah, about bro. I have an idea for you. So, so short form is tough, but like with your format, I, this is what I would say. I would say actually, create you might already be doing this so tell me to shut up if you are um but like essentially like a you would like an episodic series right where it's you would do like because what happens is with short form it's it's hard because it's hard to do the integration because usually the brand is the whole integration <laughs> integration because it's yeah. a, a short form video, you know, with a podcast or like a typical YouTube video, like you can work it in, you can do the little brand deal spot and like, it doesn't affect the content. So maybe like you could almost create it in a way where you create this ongoing series where it's like, let's say like basketball players, you need to up and coming basketball players. You need to know about like part one, you know, like, like that's not the hook. You, you'll do a much better hook, but like, you'll do the hook and then about 15 seconds in there's this like a quick three bars about like a, by the way this ser this series is this series this month is sponsored by da, da 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 and you do four episodes and you almost like create 
like you would have it like on, on your back end. You wouldn't broadcast this. When companies reach out to you, you say, hey, I have four spots open this month. This is this. These are the episodes like you, you can like the minimum I let people buy is four and each one is X amount. Right. So you kind of like sell it the way like TV shows sell like, you know, commercials. Uh, I, I don't know. Like you almost like productize the brand deal instead of like um, instead of just like, you know, piecemealing like, you know, one here, there, one here or there. Like so then you like each month, you know, that you have a consistent flow of money coming in on, on your shorts. See, this is why. I got so excited when I got, when you asked me to be on this podcast, cause that's a great idea. I, uh, yeah, dude, I, how about this? Like, let's, I'm gonna do it. Let's do it. And then reconvene and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, yo, we'll do, we'll do part two for the mon the monetization, but no, I like, I mean, there's, t let's connect too. like, you know, we'll like, we'll follow up after the call, but, um, I, I think there's a lot of ways to incorporate, like, I, I get excited about that. Like it's, uh, like, especially if it's a cool brand, especially if it makes sense for the content, like how can it be a win for them and a win for you, but also doesn't pull away from the content? Because I see that's the biggest challenge for short form creators. It's like, how do I incorporate this software into my video that I'm selling? Like, um, and yeah, do, do you have to jump right now? No, no, I'm good. Oh, okay. So, so you're good. Uh, and then, so the other one is the uh, the, the one company that you reached out to, tell me more about charging double the, the, yeah, the yeah. charging double advice. I'm not gonna lie. I was so nervous, like getting on a call and being like, Hey, here's, here's this X price that I, I want. Um, cause the deal was, I can guess I could go into details with that. The deal was like, it was a larger page. It was a like larger, I don't know. Re, I guess you could qualify them as like a repost account. Like they post viral videos, stuff like that. And they were looking to make original content and they were looking for somebody to come in with ideas and be able to actually go and create different series for their YouTube page and stuff like that. And that's something I never even realized that like brands are looking for to do. Like I had no idea what to charge. So when I reached out, you said like, what do you think your value of your time is? Okay. Now double that. Cause that's what they're going to want to charge. Cause, and I brought them table with them. And honestly, they had no idea either. They had no idea what I was going to say and what I was going to charge. Yeah. And they, I'm not going to lie. They said, no, they're like, okay, that's a little bit out of our budget. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, we can't do that. But that led to more, that gave me like so much confidence to be able to go into like a brand pitch like that and be like, here's what I'm worth. Here's what my value is. Like, we'll start here and then we can work within whatever budget you guys have been allotted. Like, it was such valuable experience to go into that meeting and then like gain the confidence of being like, all right, if they say no, that doesn't matter. Like we can still come to a deal. Like our relationship is not going to end. Like the, the person who actually runs that brand, I still talk to like weekly has become like a, yeah. a solid and, and, piece of advice. Like in my and, life. And, and you bring up a good point. Um, you bring up a good point. Like the way that you present that, it doesn't have to be this like adversarial, like, Give me this much or I'm out or I'm walking out the door. You know, it's not that. It's saying, hey, like this is how I usually frame it, like some, some wording of this. It's like, hey, like for a project like this, this is what I would normally charge, like, you know, pr price it at. Uh, if you can meet that, um, that would be great. Like, obviously, you know, I admire what you guys do. I like your brand. I like working with you. I want to find a way to work with you. So let me know if there's, there's, you know, if, the, if this doesn't make sense for you. And what I find is like, it depends on who you're working with, especially with bigger brands. It's not the account managers like money, like they're like, 
if they like you too, like they're not like offended by it. They're like, no, he doesn't want to steal my, like he doesn't want my money. Like they want, they're on your side. They're like, yo, like I want to get this guy money. I don't want him to feel like we're jipping him now. And they almost hold you in this like higher regard now where it's like, yo, this guy, like this guy actually charges what he's worth. And also, especially with your, and this is why I particularly told you to, to price that way is because when someone comes to pay you, like they're coming in to take your ideas because they see your talent. They see what you're building on your page and they want to, they want it for themselves. So every time you do that, it pulls from your momentum, like every bit of energy you give to someone else. And that's also factored into that price, right? Like where it's like, if you just focus the energy that you would give them, you could probably charge a double in three, six months of like what you're going to charge them for your own freaking content. So like, these are all the things I'm factoring in when I'm, when I'm, you know, I'm, 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 trying to share ideas for how to how to price work yeah definitely and i i think just an important lesson with that is like when you come in and once you finally understand your value of what what you should be charging like there's going to be people who say no and like that's not the end of the world like i've had people tell me like no that's not we didn't picture that like it's all right like if they came to you they want to work with you that's why they're there like they're yeah. in your email because they want you particular like your particular skill set so they're gonna do yeah. what they can to work that out as well and I think that's just important to remember. And if they say no and it doesn't work, then like that probably wasn't who you should be working with anyway. Like, yep. they might just be below what value that you present at the moment. And that's okay. You could still have a solid relationship with that brand and that company, but it's, it's just important to know, like, no is not the end of the world, especially in this industry. It's just, yeah. Beginning. Yeah. And, and, and it brings up another point. Uh, and I know <laughs> dude, we're going so much longer and I love it. <laughs> uh, it brings up another point. Um, valuing relationships over transactions so sometimes like like recently i just did you know i I'm, I'm working with someone less than what i would normally charge because uh i value the relationship of working with them like i see the potential in this in this individual like to be a mover and a shaker in the industry like their connections like like i like working with them i see like the the long-term like relationship more than just like a one-off tra transaction so I, I like candidly was like yo like what do you want to pay me i was like L like tell me tell me what would make you happy i was like all right bet like i like working with you let's just make that happen because like you know so you kind of like once you get better at like kind of like um charging you know what you feel like you deserve talking about it more confidently um not, not letting people take advantage of you there's times where you use your discretion be like yeah like like you know this one's on the house like whatever <laughs> like like we'll, we'll do this because i really like this relationship i see the potential in this relationship i agree and i i think relationships in this especially in the creator industry is the most valuable thing you can have especially when you're in a position like I'm not going to say I know everything. I'm just starting. Like I, I've just got into this. I finally just turned this to where like I can, you know, live off this kind of lifestyle here. And I think that's being able to do it so quickly has come off of like building relationships. Like when I, I kind of started my like online career with graphic design, like I was really big graphic designer back in the day. Like, or not really big. Like I was big into it. <laughs> Lex on them, bro. Let's go. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't really big in any means. Yeah. I mean, I was really big into. I was it. the man. And yeah. I was a man <laughs> in design. But uh, I would just. I would send like 10, 15 DMs like daily to different accounts that I liked, just people that I Yo. wanted to get in touch with, and I do that now. Like I reached out to you, just cold DM. Like, like I. I find value in like, what's somebody gonna do? Like, 
not respond okay like like cool. being able to build yeah, a relationship yeah. like it's cool it's how you prosper and how you get to the next level and it's okay not to do it all by yourself like yeah. people need help and it's it's okay to just go ask people because people want to help yeah help. Like, I, and, 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 dude exactly exactly it's it's the relationships and especially like in in the pricing world when you're like put like like charging for your for like the thing that you're creating for someone else to own like just just like factor in a couple things that like that you know you're spending time to build someone else's brand when you could be spending that time to build your own and and like it's also a really good practice to like just experiment but like you know what i i like my goal is for them to say like no the first time <laughs> like 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 really push yourself to charge a little bit more like it's a it's a good experiment and and like you actually feel, like like you said like you like whenever that happens i'm like cool like they they know what's up like <laughs> i don't know why like it is empowering for some reason uh like just the like I, I feel like in, in a creative like world, like we're so used to like we just want everyone to like to just accept us, accept our work, and like once you show that like no, you have that business side, like you have that acumen, like it does something for your brand, like it shows that like you're you're a real player in this, in you know, in this in this, this industry. Yeah, just never be, never never like fear your own confidence. Like you deserve it. You put yeah. the time in. You put the effort in. Like go get it. Like that's Dude, just what I, it is. I love the pricing conversation for some reason. I geek. You know why it is? I've I've been taking advantage, like not taking advantage of, like I've said yes. I've willingly said yes to things that then took advantage of my time, my money, my my resources, right? And, and so like I've learned from experience, like by like like. <laughs> <laughs> and like like whatever like and, and i i probably had the victim mindset like oh like they owe me this oh they owe me that no i said yes to all of that like like once i owned that like then i was empowered to be like no like so like if, if i'm not learning from that like i'm not able to apply it to these new conversations that i'm having now for my brand um but yeah man yo this conversation is incredible any any like for you is there any um future plans for a podcast Oh, there, there has been, I've had ideas and I, I think what it comes down to is like, I really want to, and I really want to get into it. Cause I've got a ton of stories that I'd love to tell. Uh, I just need to find the right person to get into it with. I think you, you like, yeah, because like that is a good, um, so shorts I find are an incredible way for discovery into your brand. But like, I feel like a, a perfect little segue would be like podcasts are do brand deals for podcasts are it's it's nice compared to short form content you yeah. read it you read it once and then you just plop it on you plop <laughs> it on the show you know like you don't have to like and the audience is more used to to hearing like sponsors at the beginning of shows like they're trained like yeah like it's just expected that there's going to be a sponsor <laughs> at the beginning of a show it doesn't it doesn't change the content that much so th that's one thing to consider uh in the future because sports podcast i'm curious about your your uh you're you're thinking on this dude sports podcast like athletes making their own podcast oh yeah like i love it like yeah. like like how do you feel about like that like athletes becoming creators themselves god i i mean that's what my whole career is kind of formed my day job is we work with athletes every day and help them like help them understand like you should like you know a lot of people i think a good analogy is like people are like you know athlete has a bad game and like why is this guy like they did this to uh uh, what's his name on the heat um 
uh, Duncan on the Heat, uh, they were like, yo, you're in a shooting slump. Like, why are you recording a podcast? Okay, that takes 40 minutes out of his day. He's not going to be shooting for well, yeah, 10 well, hours. Well, like, he well, should well, be well, doing that. Why these other guys are going to this strip club and like yeah, like he's getting like, back. Yeah, dude, it's a I lo- I love it. I think it's like a I think it's doing a really fantastic job of like showing like not just the tip of the iceberg, but just like everything that goes into the mindset of these players that um that like have so much influence. Now they have the control of of like how the world perceives them. I think I think it's I think it's amazing. Like, you know, all the podcasts through the NBA playoffs. The Draymond, NBA is a baby. really fun sport. Yeah, Draymond, are you uh, um I'm obviously it. a Steph Curry fan. I make a lot of uh Steph Curry shout outs in my in my videos. I think Steph is like um I, I just love like I love their bounce back. I love what uh that team did. Um yeah, man. I I I feel I feel like we need to have a follow up podcast too. I, I feel like we, we there's a lot of there's a lot of uh ideas in this one that, that I know <laughs> that like I wanna cover. And I'm very curious about the monetization aspect of like the next part of your brand. Because with hundred and twenty thousand followers on YouTube, bro, like like there's that a is a like yeah. like that that's a that's a really like meaningful asset that that uh that like I you know I I like there's a there's a lot there's okay wait wait one, one more question one more question one more question are pe- when people reach out to you for brand deals do they say TikTok or do they say YouTube Shorts or do they say both? Oh, I'd say most of them now are saying, "Can you do both?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's I don't that's know." Next year. That's next. double that's, it again. That. Like, <laughs> yeah, now, like, as in the beginning, it was like, yes, yeah, strictly TikTok. Like, you know, that's that's what most people have. But YouTube Shorts, like, uh, I'm not even exaggerating here is getting double the views i get on tiktok right now and really i don't know yeah like i think last week every single video i posted went viral like the whole week i get i gained i hit 100k i think three weeks ago and i'm at or two and a half weeks ago or and i'm at 120 now like last week was crazy um so i'm trying to keep building off of that but yeah, now brands are coming for the YouTube shorts now. Like, hey, can you actually put this here instead? And I'm like, uh, you know, like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. that's a, <laughs> you were going to have to run up the price a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But so, I definitely okay. have not fully taken advantage of my audience on YouTube shorts yet. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, let's get, well, you and I can connect that to the call. And, and I would love to hear more about ways that we can help, like, with these integrations. So, so I got one more question. Um, being like I come from a like a I wouldn't say I'd say yeah yeah athletic background like my whole family is into sports all like you know my brothers my dad like they're all health and phys ed teachers I went to school for health and phys ed like we grew up just playing sports um it's it's like it's you know just you know I've learned so many lessons from like teamwork to like work ethic to uh just like you know, positions you have to play in a team, like, and, and like, I've learned so much stuff from that world that I applied to my professional career and being a creator. I'm curious, like, what's something that you learned from your athletic background that applies to uh, how you think about being a creator? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of what I've learned is, I think a lot of it correlates. I think the biggest thing, if I had to pick one, was my college coach preached every day about urgency. Like, urgency in every single thing you do. And I've kind of taken that into, with my content, like urgency, like, okay, a story just hit, like I need to be the first one to get this video up or mm, I want I want to 
like I want to be great. Like I want to do it. So I need to be urgent with that in every action. Everything needs to be deliberate in what I do and have some sort of purpose. So I think, I think urgency overall yeah. as a creator and really in any profession, like you come with urgency, you'll be successful in whatever you want to do. And, and what about, like, what about, a, a, you have a, like any sort of competitive edge? Oh yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, it gets, it gets me going. If I scroll through, like I'm scrolling through my for you page, yeah. I see another, I see another sports <laughs> creator. And I'm like, like, dang, they've got, they got a million followers. Like, yeah. Like, dang, how can I, Make it so at least my videos are better. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Yo, dude, there's always good. that drive. <laughs> yeah, yo, dude, there is, and I think that's good to tap into. Uh, I, I think that's like that's like you know if you use it in like a in like a in a way that adds value, um, and it doesn't like you know you don't get too caught up into it. It can be something that like gives you a little bit of edge and and focus. Definitely, definitely, bro. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Uh, I love your story. Um, I'm I'm excited to con see see you continue to build this brand and keep telling these stories and connecting with with an audience in such an uh, amazing way. I appreciate your time, man. I, this has been awesome, and I can't wait for a part two. My dude. <laughs>